This is a Lip Media Podcast. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wulgarukaba, Bindle and Wurundjeri peoples. The country we now call Australia was built on the stolen lands of hundreds of unique Indigenous nations, and we recognise that as white women, we continue to partake in and benefit from the act of colonisation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Book Slut with Sam and Abby. (laughs) Today, we're talking about aliens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to this day, that theme song really freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I actually, like, never really watched The X-Files, but... The theme song is so embedded in my mind. So today I've got space buns in my hair to mark the I occasion. did actually I note that it. right at the beginning. I was like, did you do that because of the alien theme? Absolutely, <laughs> I did. And I actually thought about putting on makeup, like spacey makeup. <laughs> oh my God, lockdown's really gotten to you, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those listening, we are currently recording that this episode at the end of Melbourne's third lockdown, which... It's been only five days, but it feels like it's been five years. I, I don't know. I'm losing the plot. I couldn't go back. It's it's awful. It's truly awful. But I spent a chunk of that time reading some alien erotica, so that is a gift. <laughs> and I gotta say, I think I may have uncovered something within myself. I am so thrilled to talk about this <laughs> this theme today. <laughs> Um, also, this theme was actually recommended by a listener. So thank you, listener, for sending us on this intergalactic journey. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. There are so many songs about aliens <laughs> <laughs> that I have. I mean, believe it or not, I haven't practiced a single one of these. It is spur of the moment joy. This will also be a musical episode, apparently. <laughs> Um, but before I tell you this story, which I am, like, I can't stop. <laughs> I'm so excited about telling you about this. Um, I keep messaging Abby all week being like, can't wait to tell you. Um, yeah. And then being like, I don't want to hype it up too much, <laughs> but I'm so excited. <laughs> and now I've gone and hyped it up for everyone listening. Yeah, so, absolutely. Excellent. But before we do that, Abby, do you want to tell us about the history of aliens and sci-fi and all that jazz? Woohoo! So, um, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this before, but we're both pretty big sci-fi nerds. Yeah, totally. I've always been, and I think you're relatively similar, always been a bit pish posh on the alien sci-fi, more on the kind of dystopian... Oh yeah, we're like, uh, we'll take sci-fi, but it better be like political satire. (laughs) Yeah, Such snobs. (laughs) But I did start getting more into the alien stuff. Um, as I got older, just because it's it's such an interesting space for people to work with. Yeah. Um, and I guess I actually started this by just Googling, like, when did aliens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> when aliens? Google? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, surely, I don't know, I guess, I guess maybe people were thinking about gods and stuff before they thought about you know, the physical idea of life on another planet. But what I thought was really interesting was that 
stories about traveling to and from other inhabited worlds started in the 17th and the 18th centuries, which is quite early, I thought, and actually predated scientific thought about it. Oh. Yeah, so the 17th and 18th centuries are kind of the first stories of inhabited worlds and traveling to them. And then the idea, the scientific idea of life on other planets was really in the 1800s, so the 19th century. Wow, it took that long for it to catch up. Yeah, yeah. And then it was used in fiction in 1887. And did you know, this also surprised me, that War of the Worlds was written in 1879? Oh, I definitely didn't realise it was that old. (laughs) I thought it was like 1920s or something. But I I think it's just because because of the radio play that I assume it was new when the radio play was was out but actually you know it was quite old by that point but I fucking love the fact that people genuinely thought they were being invaded by Mars on that radio play like I wait I love what well you don't know this no it's well no tell me (laughs) so War of the Worlds was um written by H.D. Wells yeah But then Orson Welles wrote a radio play of it and it was released on the BBC and it it started with this like news alert being like, we have been invaded, Martians are coming towards us and like this whole fake news report and it's the first recorded example of like mass hysteria. People were calling triple O or 911, whatever. I love this. And being like, what the fuck's happening? Like, we're getting invaded. They're running out on the streets. Like, people were just... Oh, bless. It was it was huge. It's like this... It's the thing it's most famous for is this radio play and everyone believing that... Oh, well, I feel like it was real. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of cool. That is and cool. Then, and then I guess when we're getting into the 1990s... It's become so used now, this idea of the alien, um, like an inhabited world, first contact. You have the X-Files, you have um, Encounters. Was that First Encounters of the Third Kind or that that movie that's really famous? (laughs) I like reading sci-fi, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of like the big alien films. Like I haven't seen Alien, for example. I haven't seen Alien, yeah. (laughs) But from the 60s through to the 90s, there was this thing called the alien abduction bubble. Oh. I think it was mostly that the media was really interested in these alien abduction stories. Yeah, okay. And you had a lot of people who were claiming to have been abducted by aliens. It's like a slow, a long, slow news cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but then in the 90s, that bubble burst and it seemed as if you know, people weren't really that interested in alien abductions anymore. And what a lot of people say is that essentially oh, they think a lot of it has to do with the Twin Towers and the War on Terror. Oh. So it's kind of like we had this massive other thing to be afraid of in terrorism. Yeah. And in this, the media was, you know, in this whole furor over over that, that it just kind of people forgot about Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's <laughs> Which a damn seems shame. The exact, the exact right time for them to actually come to Australia. 
slash the world. I don't know why I said Australia. <laughs> Can you imagine aliens rocking up here and being like, good day, mate? <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like the Dutch and like rock up on the western coast and be like, what the fuck is this <laughs> desert country? <laughs> and then fly somewhere else. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. But yes, I did. Um, I did do a really deep dive into alien tropes. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this story. I'm ready to pick them out. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, so. Oh God, you gotta prepare yourself. <laughs> when I was reading this story and thinking about aliens, I um and and sort of sci-fi and and alien sex in particular. I remembered how obsessed with Barbarella I was a couple of years ago and and I still really like it um a lot and I I it made me really like uh be like hmm is it because you've got a massive boner for Jane Fonda or maybe are you actually into this sort of sci-fi sexy thing for anyone who hasn't seen it Barbarella is this like very sort of kitsch sci-fi sex romp where Jane Fonda essentially like fucks her way out of bad situations and an alien planet. It's, it is, uh, it's an adventure. It's a classic. It's a bloody classic. I just, okay. So I don't know if it's just because we have over the course of reading a bunch of erotica and romance novels, progressively moved the bar lower and lower and lower (laughs) that now you know I came across something that I genuinely liked and I can't tell anymore if it's because it's good (laughs) or if it's because it's not awful so maybe you can let me know (laughs) I'll yeah I'll let you know (laughs) but I uh, yeah I loved this I thought it was really fun it's called alien sex chat (laughs) (laughs) and I gotta tell you I went into this being like this is gonna be ridiculous I'm gonna find all of the things wrong with this um but it proved me wrong (laughs) okay well I look forward to being proved wrong in everything I'm currently thinking yeah well yeah so it's by uh ex terrest um (laughs) Jesus and it was published. That's not even like it's not even it's not even a sexy pun. It's it's no, no. <laughs> like what about sex terrestrial? Or... I mean, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was published in 2020. So it's a recent one. Ooh. Um. So the story is about a woman, a human woman. I've got to be specific here. An Earth mm-hmm. woman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, whose name is Robin. And it kind of opens with her kind of talking about how she's uh, kind of lonely. And it's like, everyone goes through a dry spell sometimes. But this total lack of human affection was really starting to wear me down. The thing was, I had no idea how to go about meeting a guy. My entire life was fairly devoid of human interaction. I worked from home and all of my hobbies were solitary. And I was reading this in lockdown and I was like, girl, <laughs> same. <laughs> Uh, And so she spends most of her nights uh, alone in her apartment on this alien chat network online, which is, you know, a bunch of alien enthusiasts um, and they just, you know, they 
hypothesize about alien life and um, whatnot. And I did try to get onto some of these chats, and I the most reputable source is MUFON. <laughs> okay. Mutual UFO Network established in 1969. Wow. And it's essentially like a, a resource where everybody logs their UFO sightings. Tell you what, I love the community spirit. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, people investigate them, like, ruling out, you know, satellites and... Oh, internet sleuths. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I read that over the past 20 years, the MUFON database has logged about 1,000 sightings Australia-wide. Australia-wide! Not even worldwide. Australia-wide. No, no, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, 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 no. Wow. So, I mean, anyway. I want to believe. I truly do. So <laughs> she is part of a thriving community. <laughs> um, and so it goes on in her, uh, like, inner monologue. I've always been into sci-fi and fantasy. And over the past two years, I've been developing a voracious appetite for alien-based erotica. Hey, everyone has a kink. Some people fantasize about being tied down and whipped. Others dreamed of billionaire princes to sweep them away. And I was like, that's true. We've read those. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> um, and so she's kind of reflecting on how, because this fantasy of her being with an alien is absolutely impossible, it's a really safe fantasy for her. Um, and which I quite, li- quite liked as a reflection. Like, I think that's a, that's a sort of an interesting. And she's deep. Yeah. What's her name again? Robin. Robin. Anyway, so she's having these fantasies and she's in this chat room and um, she's having like recurring chats with this one particular user and their username is Kavats. Alien Man 101. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be too obvious. Ex- extraterrestrial. <laughs> uh, so his name is Kavats and they like interact a bunch. They, uh, they go into a personal chat room. Ooh, God, this is very, like, again, this is, like, the third time I've mentioned, like, Hobo Hotel or whatever. (laughs) And it's never Hobo Hotel. It's always Habo Hotel. (laughs) Habo! I never get it right. Yeah, it's very, like, late 90s chat room MSN. I mean, to be fair, I haven't been in a chat room since the early 2000s so maybe they are exactly the same you know what same and maybe next lockdown that's what i'll do yeah we should get back into chat rooms (laughs) i mean it's not like it'll be like predatory or awful at all i'm sure it's great (laughs) i'll just get my asl out (laughs) chilling in a chat room so they start exchanging photos and he sends her a picture of an alien and she's like ha ha good one and so now when you say alien what do you like i did what kind of alien? i did note down the the descriptor because i knew you would be interested in this logistics <laughs> girl i mean you can't just say alien yeah alien it's is true so many species um so i think from what i can gather still relatively humanoid silver blue skin large round eyes and strangely broad shoulders his black hair was very thick and shaggy. I don't like the idea of the hair too much, but the rest is okay. I like thick and shaggy hair. On his head or on his body? I truly don't know. 
And so she, they start doing this kind of like, it's almost like a role play and she's playing along and she's into it. And then, but she doesn't believe that he's an alien, but it doesn't stop her from having a wank about it later. I mean, who could blame her? Right. Just go for it. Silver blue skin, black shaggy hair. (laughs) Mm, Mama. (laughs) And he's asking things like whether she would ever consider having sex with an alien and whatnot. And she was like, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I suppose that aliens would be much more evolved than humans. And they start making jokes about how unevolved Earth men are. Bold assumption, Robin. I. It, yeah. <laughs> could just be like a little organism. <laughs> yeah, it could also just be like their society could be incredibly, like, fucking misogynistic. You don't know. It's her fantasy, though, right? Let her have it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I did like the the shade thrown on Earth, man. I thought it was was good. <laughs> and so the next day they're chatting again and he's like, well, what if I could teleport to you right now? Like hypothetically, you know, if I were an alien, what do you reckon? <laughs> this is part of my alien oeuvre of alien powers. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 yeah, of course, that'd be great. <laughs> How funny. I've got another logistics question. Yeah. Does he live on Earth or is he like teleporting from another planet? I can actually answer that. Um, mm-hmm. Living in a ship that's about, I think he said like 10 minutes away or something. <laughs> maybe maybe 10 hours. I don't know. I can't in, remember. In, in light years? Or <laughs> living on a ship that's uh, within, you know, the Earth's galaxy or whatever um i'm suspicious what's he doing there what is his plans well he's got a human thing fetish for humans ah. right, right, he's right, looking right, for right. his one true human love <laughs> right which apparently goes against the politics of his home planet can i dig in here with the trope or should i leave it a little bit nah go for it ding 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 <laughs> on a trope Mars needs women trope. Oh, okay. So it is essentially the trope that sooner or later, no matter what the species looks like, you'll find a sample of the male that prefers human girls. It's always human women, and it's always a hot alien. (laughs) Now, people have a lot of problems with the Mars needs women trope. Firstly, biologically, the person, this person describes it as, imagine a human in the real world, Falling in love with a squid. (laughs) So uh, the trope was popularized in the 1950s and 60s in monster movies and is a close cousin to the scary black man trope. Oh, right. Okay. Which is actually a variation on ancient tribal warfare trope of, you know, they want our women, they're invading. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so fascinating how it all kind of connects to this whole black man, white woman, sexual politics thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it says on the rare occasion that Venus needs men, the Venusians will almost always be sexy, scantily clad and conforming to local norms of beauty or alternatively, you know, they, they conceive and kill. <laughs> I read, I read a great blog about the Mars Needs Women trope where she was saying, like, she was like, I'm just sick of the way that it's always portrayed, whereas it actually puts women in a really powerful position. So, like, because they're there often. Often it's because, you know, the men are in 
or the women are infertile or all of the, you know, women don't exist or something. So she was just saying, you know, like, where are the heroines with agency? It tends to be that these women are, like, lifted off to Mars or whatever and they don't really have this agency in it, which is not sounding like this story does, really. It sounds like she's got a fair bit of agency in what she's doing. Yeah, definitely. But I think it does certainly touch into that uh, that idea of an alien man seeking out a human woman. Mm. So yeah, so she's like, ha ha ha, good one. Yeah, sure, show up. It's fine, whatever. And then, and then a rainbow circle of light appeared, then disappeared. In its place was a silvery blue alien wearing only a pair of baggy black cargo shorts. <laughs> And I had two questions. Two questions. One, how do you know where she lives? But more importantly... (laughs) Alien technology, Sam. Why? Why on earth is he wearing cargo shorts? Like, is he time traveling from the early 2000s as well? (laughs) Now, like, have a pair of jeans or something, mate. It really caught me by surprise. But it also made me laugh, which, you know... I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm on board. So I'm, everything has got a positive spin to it. <laughs> right, right. <got> it. <laughs> anyway, so, so like she goes into some shock, which is very understandable. And he's like, totally fine. Please don't scream. It'll freak out your neighbors, but you're in shock. It's all good. Um, and then <laughs> she starts to calm down. Um, because if someone, if someone just like appeared in my room and was like, hey, don't scream. I'd be screaming. I would I would not be listening to them at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the actual fuck are you doing here? So she comes but down sure. and they start to like sort of interact and she asks him if she can touch his skin. And I was like, ooh, asking. That's pleasant. Yeah. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, you're curious. That's totally fine. And so she starts like stroking the back of his hand and like sort of getting familiar with him. Um, and his skin's like a weird texture or something. And then there's some cliches in there about her being the most beautiful human woman of them all, which we can just gloss over. It's fine. We're here for a good time. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how this goes. <laughs> and then he asks her if he can touch her hair. There's a lot of asking before touching. Okay. And it's kind of all wrapped up in this, like, um, you know, we're exploring each other's bodies as, like, foreign uh, beings. And I don't know. I was into it. I'm just, <laughs> I just thought it was, like, it, it, it was such a perfect example of how you could build in talking about what you're comfortable with and consent into a story. And obviously not all stories are going to be alien stories, but, like... <laughs> it, or could they? <laughs> maybe they should be. But it just, like... It just worked really, really well. Mm. And then so we switched to uh, Kavart's, the alien's perspective. And so things are starting to like heat up. And in his uh, sort of mental dialogue, he's like, I'd studied some Earth movies and learned that the woman should have all of the control in whether or not a man was permitted to touch her. And I was like, gee whiz, Kavart's. What Earth movies? I don't know, but... (laughs) I like that he did his homework. 
I like that in this world, the movies contain consent. I don't know what those movies are. Yeah, because, like, really, if he'd done his homework, he would have been like, no means try harder. Oh, my God. Yeah, true. But let me fantasize here. Okay, sorry, sorry. (laughs) And so they start to, they start, like, touching more and they start kissing. And he's like, the way that she kissed me was so different. And I picked up her cues to mirror what she seemed to want. I was like, damn, Kavats! You are picking up on physical cues, adapting to what she wants, into it. So has Kavats never kissed a human before? Nah, never interacted with a human before. Ooh. So they're moving quite quickly, really. <laughs> yeah, ding, 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 ding. Ooh. <laughs> trope bell. This trope is called boldly coming. Oh. <laughs> It's described as the Captain Kirk approach to first contact, namely to have sex with a green-skinned space babe. All right. Of course, questions of bizarre alien biology are never raised beforehand, such as whether the species in questions has compatible genitalia or if their bodily fluids are caustic to human flesh <laughs> or vice versa. They just ju- <laughs> they just jump right in there. They just bang. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I think that's here but also there's a lot of talking do they talk about their anatomy yeah maybe i jumped oh okay so i jumped in too quick with the belt <laughs> uh so they're kissing and she lets him um touch her boobs up inside her top and then he's like robin this might be my only chance to see a human woman completely may i and like gestures towards undressing her and she's like yep um and then raising... I hope she is exactly like, yep. <laughs> I mean... Yep, Kavart. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> and so raising her arm so I could pull it over her head. Snazgarf, I muttered. Leaning her back as I wrapped my mouth around her little pink peak, sucking gently. Using both hands, I caressed, explored, discovering how much pressure she seemed to enjoy as I played with her hot little body. Robin goes to unbutton his pants and he's like, wait, wait, I should warn you. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, and sort of she interpreted that as she was going too quickly. And he was like, no, 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 like, really, I'm into it. I'm happy to, but I don't want to frighten you. Oh, my God. What's in his pants? (laughs) Suspense. (laughs) I mean, I love that there's a warning. I love it. There wasn't a warning in that bloody ghost erotica. No, read, no where warning. He, like had a fucking monster cock that squirted jizz up on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that a blast from the past? If you're mm. curious, listen back to our <laughs> Halloween episode. <laughs> it's a real, it's a banger. <laughs> and so he places her hand on his crutch and she can feel something wriggling there. Oh boy. Um, And he's like, look, I love that you're so open-minded, but I just want you to know that if you see it and you change your mind, I totally understand. It's fine. Oh my God, just tell me what's in his pants, Sam. (laughs) And then, so it swaps to her perspective and she's describing his penis, which feels like a very firm snake, stiff, but could move of its own accord. And he says, we call it a krilk. Your people probably call it a tentacle. Ooh. Ooh. 
which is <laughs> he um you mentioned it kind of before but there's this huge overlap between tentacle porn and alien porn oh i forgot to mention he also is thinking he's like oh it's weird knowing that i was this sort of fetish to her and that she was a fetish to me but as long as we're open about it i thought it was probably fine that's cool yeah and i just kind of like there was a little there was just like it was just a line a little line in there to be like yeah we're we're fetishizing each other that's okay as long as there's communication yeah he takes off her pants and he's like running his hands all up and down her body like exploring her skin and then he like spreads her legs and he's it's very much like an like a kind of an examining her kind of situation and so he asks if he can go down on her and she nods so he does that and it's like he took his time his fingers mouth and tongue all working together maybe he has studied human female anatomy before as he built up my <laughs> as he built up my arousal so gradually and so perfectly you know what i'm okay with these random asides during sex because i would definitely also be having these random asides <laughs> <laughs> me too totally where i'm like hmm this person seems to have watched a lot of porn <laughs> Oh, yeah. There are a few moves where I'm like, oh, I see. I see. (laughs) Ah, this old chestnut. (laughs) And then there's some virginity stuff in it. Um, He puts one of you. He's got really long fingers as well. I think that's a common alien thing. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't cast vast assumptions about about aliens. (laughs) The feeling of rust on my salad fingers. Almost orgasmic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a real. If anybody listening was uh, born in the 2000s, you will not understand that reference. No. <laughs> oh dear. The early internet. It was a beautiful place. <laughs> it was a beautiful place. Uh, so he puts one of his really long fingers inside of her and then he's like, oh, I don't mean to sound clinical, but it seems you haven't been opened yet. Is that a big deal with your people? <laughs> you wouldn't know, sir. You haven't learnt that much about female anatomy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh. well, you may not know. You may know. And he, she's like, oh, I've never really cared about that. I've just, you know, wanted to wait for someone who I liked and who I, you know, was interested in. Or a random alien on a chat service. Well, you know. They're my two options. <laughs> He's going down on her and fingering her and she comes and um, and she has like this amazing orgasm and then they start kissing and then his tentacle dick starts rubbing up against her because it can move on its own. So it's like Quick question. stroking her. Yeah. As a throwback. Yeah. Would you have sex with salad fingers? Oh, <laughs> I think no. I'd have to like, I thought you had to ask me if I'd have sex with an alien. I was about to be like, Yes. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is an alien. But I draw the line. (laughs) I was just thinking like super long fingers, you know? I don't know if that would be good or not. I don't love the idea of super long fingers, to be honest. Yeah, they kind of creep me out. As you were. Would you you, you bang salad fingers? Maybe in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, if he was gagged. Because like, it's the the voice for me. It's the like... (laughs) Hey, you know when he's like stroking the rust? Hey. <laughs> like you wouldn't I wouldn't want that. Yeah, that's fair, but I'm not sure how appropriate it is for you to only have sex with someone if you can't see them or hear them. 
Like maybe just yeah. don't. No, you're so right. I should have just said no. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> oh my God. The places we go on this podcast. Yeah. So his tentacle dick is like rubbing up against her crotch. He's like, oh, you know, I've been told that it only hurts for a minute, but I'd rather not hurt you at all. So will you, will you tell me if it's too much? And she's very enthusiastically like, get in me. <laughs> that's not quoting, but that's the vibe. <laughs> and so they start having tentacle in vagina sex, T- T-I-V. <laughs> T-I-V. Does the tentacle have little suckers on it, it like a tentacle? Or it, is it just like a smooth... Yeah. Wrigley thing. No suckers. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good info. Although the suckers would be kind of cool. Yeah. As yeah. a sensation. His cock really did feel alive as if it was exploring my insides. So it kind of like I I love this idea, right? Like part of the part of the pleasure of somebody fingering you is them being able to like move around. Move around. That yeah, is Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Is the fatal flaw of a penis, I feel. 10 10 out of 10 on the tentacle penis. <laughs> um, and it can also expand, as it turns out. So it can it can add girth if she's into it, which was a cool feature. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely ask for my alien to come with an expanding girth tentacle penis. <laughs> but I would probably ask for some suckers, probably on the base of the penis. Yeah, so it can do some, like, clit action at the same time. Yeah, ex- exactly. Brilliant. Design your own alien. Uh, so he starts thrusting, and once it's clear that she's okay, he's very he's very concerned about it being too much for her. So once it's clear that she's okay, um, he's going for it. He's like, Robin, he moaned, kissing over to my ear before he breathed. Right now is the best moment of my entire life. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do a dramatic reading for that. That was a lot to experience. <laughs> You're welcome. And so he's going on about how it's the best feeling in the universe. And she's like, oh, I wish I knew how it felt for you. And he's like, oh, do, do you? Do you really? And it turns out that one of his other alien powers is that he can bond them together so that they like feel each other's sensations, essentially. You're shaking your head. <laughs> no. no, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, I would like to be an alien. I would also like to be an alien. I wonder what, like, the female genitalia is of his species. Like, are they, like, duck vaginas where they're, like, a corkscrew to make it hard? Or, you know? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell you. Your guess is as good as mine. Because, <laughs> like, if that's the the male genitalia, what's the female Well, how would, uh, like, an octopus... What are octopus... How do octopuses? I... Octopi. Octopi don't... Their, their tentacle isn't their penis. <laughs> how do they how do they fuck hey I google mean, actually, how how octopi fuck i actually don't know maybe their tentacle is their penis and i'm just <laughs> no, surely assumed. not surely not that's crazy eight penises <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> maybe one of them is anyway sorry it, yeah it, sidetracked <laughs> I love these episodes, but they're just like so, so ridiculous. What are we doing? Um, so, th- so he can he can bond them together, which is cool. So they're Ooh. fucking, and then they kind of like swap 
for a moment so she can feel what he's feeling and she also gets like a glimpse into what he's thinking which is cool honestly like why would you want to have sex with a human we can do nothing oh we're so boring we fucking suck (laughs) so they swap and then he comes and he's like oh i can't believe how lucky i am to find the sexiest woman on earth and she just so happens to be into aliens and she's like and this is i didn't like this but it's fine She's like, well, not all aliens. I hope you don't think I'm some sort of slut that just roams around the galaxy looking for cute silver guys. <laughs> I mean, you you literally said a stranger from the internet could teleport into your house to fuck you. So, like, like you're a bit of a slut. In a non-judgmental way, I think you should just, you also, should just embrace that. being a galaxy slut sounds fucking rad. I mean, isn't that what you would want? Isn't, isn't that, that the, the dream? dream? <laughs> <laughs> and then so while she was in his mind he was thinking about how he really wanted to be more rough with her and she so she's like you know you don't have to be afraid to be rough with me and he's like yeah all right cool well let's let's do it again like i didn't want to for the first time because it was the first time let's take a break before they have round two all right Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm. This time there's like a bit of dirty talk and he's starting to experiment with a bit of power play, like with him being dominant and, and her being submissive. Uh, and he goes down on her and makes her come again. And then he's like, are you still feeling open-minded? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's go for it. And he's like, great. I've always wanted to try this. And so we switch to Robin's perspective. His tentacle is inside her again and his hands are on her hips. But then she starts to feel something like tickling at her butthole. And she's like, wait a minute. You're inside me and your hands are on my hips. Like, what, what is that? What's in my butt? What's in my butt? In my butt? What's in my butt today? <laughs> it's a classic tune. <laughs> it is. On every kid's CD. Uh, and he's like, how do you feel about another Krilk entering your sweet little ass? I'm sorry. I can't say. <laughs> I can't say that. I can't say A-S-S without. Anyway. Yeah. Same. Ass. <laughs> And then he's like, the appendage would be about half the size of the normal one. Where's he hiding this other krilk? Up a sleeve? <laughs> well, as it turns out, he does give an explanation for this. If our sexual arousal is too strong to be contained in one krilk, we're able to split it into one or two extra tentacles. So a large one for your gorgeous pussy. Mm. <laughs> a sp- <laughs> A small slim one for your tight ass and a tiny, a tiny flat nimble appendage for your clit. Ooh. Yeah, he, they start having sex and he's penetrating her in both holes and playing with her clit at the same time. No hands! <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! I also really liked that, like, he not only asked about the anal stuff, 
But he also, like, let her know what was coming in terms of the size, Mm. which is lovely. Because you wouldn't know. You'd be like, what, am I going to have a massive tentacle up my butt? I wonder if the tentacle's moving. Does it have, like, does it have an idea of what it's doing? Is he making it move? Or does it just move when it gets excited? Is it like a cockroach and it, like, needs to be... Why? (laughs) Sorry. Well, you know how they need to be touching things? Like, cockroaches are, like, super tactile, and that's why they're always in small spaces, because it, like, feels really good on their bodies to be, like... Stop it. Why are we... (laughs) Why are you taking me down this path? We're on an intergalactic sex journey, and you ruined it. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Sugar. Water. (laughs) That's so funny that you bring that up, because... I put that in my notes for later. That's very funny. <laughs> I, I would not have sex with the giant cockroach from no Men in Black. Definitely not. Da, da, da. So yeah, so that's where they're at. And Robin is like struggling to speak. She's just like got waves of pleasure. And he's, he's like, how does it feel? Is it all right? And she just manages to mumble, yes, more. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar, water, more. And then she's like, the tentacle sliding into my ass pressed a little deeper and then began stroking in and out in time with his main cock. Blah, 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 blah. I love the timing thing. I love that it's able to be coordinated. That's great. Um, And then he starts going harder and faster and feeling such intense satisfaction from three different places at once amplified everything and I couldn't hold back any longer so she climaxes again screaming into the pillow and then he he keeps going and then he starts to come out of all three at once whoa that is so much jizz (laughs) yep and then it's like I shrieked in ecstasy and then suddenly came again as the cock in my ass swelled and the smaller one against my clit began to vibrate. Hey, it vibrates. Yeah. And then that that's that sort of wraps up their little sex session. I liked that he'd like saved that little plot twist and then like, oh yeah, PS I can vibrate. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards they have a cuddle. Oh, that's nice. He asks her if having three tentacles was too much. And I was like, oh, cravats, checking <laughs> in afterwards. Damn. After care. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, no, it was amazing. Um, And then she asks him to stay the night and he does. And they have no promises about it doing it again or like, you know, being together forever and ever. He just, he just stays the night. Oh, that's pleasant. Is that the end? That's the end. Oh, that was quite cute. I really liked that story. You gave me, you did give me a bit of a weird logistical teaser that you never followed up on though. Oh, why is like interspecies relationships against the law in his home planet? It's know? I don't really know. It's not really no. explained. But at one point, while he's fucking her, he and he's like, "Oh, this is the best feeling in the universe." He's like, "Oh, no wonder it's forbidden or something." You know? Yes, because laws are there to stop us from doing anything that feels good. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You're a lawyer. <laughs> No, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> the, the sex scenes were hot. They involved consent. I just, that's enough for me. And I was like, damn, this is great. 
Yeah. No, it sounds like probably one of our top top books. So there's two tropes that we didn't get with this. One I thought we might have, the other Ah actually actually I take that all back. I should have dinged. I have a retrospective ding for anal probing. Ding 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 ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> anal So I feel like this is like a really common you know, when you think about alien abductions you automatically assume that there was some sort of anal probing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and essentially... <laughs> no? Just a, no, it just occurred to me how weird that is, that that's the <laughs> assumption. I know. And I actually didn't look enough into this to work out, like, where it came from. I imagine it's something to do with, you know, the scientific, the idea that they are a, a superior species. Um and so when they abduct humans, it's often for scientific experiments. Yeah. And that's also part of the fantasy for a lot of people is this idea of being like a sex experiment. Mm. But the other thing is as well that anal probing, it mostly happens in abduction stories where the abductees are generally men. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gay. An, an alien just probed <laughs> yeah. my butt. And so I'm wondering if it also comes into, like, a kind of internalised homophobia mm. and this this kind of theory. In, uh, in literature and in film, it's mostly used to either showcase, like, the horror of alien of abduction. Of course it is, because there could be or, nothing worse than... <laughs> or as, like, a vulgar humour that, like, explores the, you know, total absurdity of the idea of alien abductions. Yeah, right. Oh, I don't like either of that. Either, <laughs> either of those. No. And I also think, like, I mean, sure, maybe their medicine is, like, so far advanced from ours. But, like, in modern day medicine, I've never had an anal probe for any of my <laughs> medical tests. Yeah, but how many science experiments have you been in? <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, like, really, like, what are they getting from your anus? Like, if they need your temperature, maybe, it could be your mouth. Maybe you know, they're like... study. Maybe it's a very, it's a long-term study into the reactions that the human species have towards the idea of anal probing and how it relates to homophobia. Oh, my God. That is so meta. I... There's, like, a bunch of, like, alien anthropologists really fucking with humans. <laughs> I love this simulation we live in. It's excellent. <laughs> so that's that's one that we did get. So out of the... Out of the four, we got three in that story. The one that we didn't get that I feel like maybe if the story had have continued, we would have is my favorite named trope. Face full of alien wing wong. <laughs> oh, is this with the like the face sucker ones? Yeah, kind of. It's essentially a creature reproduced by impregnating another species. So either like a literal pregnancy, rearrangement of DNA implantation of a parasitic egg or larva mm. into the body mm-hmm. face sucker type things like any sort of impregnating aspect of it and that's you know that's just another trope thing that, yeah that... i read a bit of, a bit about that because i i was wanting i was curious to like understand what it is that appeals to people about alien fantasies alien sex fantasies specifically and that came up a bit like for some people that's part of the appeal is this i don't know this this allure of 
being implanted with alien life. And I, I got to say, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to have a baby, I would probably want it to be an alien baby over a human baby. Yeah, but that's because you're obsessed with, like, novelty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Nobody has ever told me that before, but you are so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like people wouldn't, like, pick it of you if they didn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, some of the other things that people were particularly into was so like like I mentioned it um intersects heavily with tentacle porn which has been around for ages um traced back to as early as the 19th century in Japanese art which I was gonna say it's very like hentai yeah exactly exactly um but they also often intersect with rape fantasies and that's again tied up in this whole um abduction element Mm. and and so there are sort of theories about you know, some people might feel less guilty about having a fantasy about an alien abducting you and using you in a sex experiment than having like a more classic rape fantasy. Because I think a lot of people who have rape fantasies do sort of battle with this idea of like guilt around having that fantasy. Mm. Um, and similarly, the other, the reverse, some people might feel less sort of guilty about the idea of having sex with an alien if they're forced to do it and that's similar to yeah. the to the anal probing thing like it's like oh i didn't I didn't ask for it but you know if we're <laughs> if we're here which kind of <laughs> indicates that like you know you're into it but you may not be comfortable with the fact that you're into it yeah i do have some some polls oh yeah uh, 2017 34% of Australians believe that extra extraterrestrials have visited the Earth. That seems like a reasonable amount. <laughs> Do you, I feel like that's, yeah, that's quite a high amount in my, in my... Oh, I definitely, like, if we think back, I think it was like, wasn't it like 50% of people believe in ghosts? Oh, yeah. No, I think ghosts are more, I think it's easier to believe that ghosts and this is this isn't that aliens exist this is that extraterrestrials have visited the earth oh okay sorry yes that is a that's an important distinction to make <laughs> yeah right like i think that's you know quite high really in 2020 71% of australians believed it was unlikely that aliens would visit earth in 2020 and i'm like well yeah why the fuck would anyone visit earth in 2020 <laughs> like <laughs> like look from their little like satellite or whatever and be like nope not this year no <laughs> yeah let's give it let's give it fucking 10 years <laughs> i want to catch that virus <laughs> fuck and then 77 percent of americans according to a 2012 national geographic poll believe that aliens have visited earth wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah 30 percent of americans believe the government has covered up evidence of alien visitation according to a 2015 poll i mean i don't want to make a slide against americans (laughs) but in saying that you already kind of have (laughs) yeah (laughs) and there there was a 2014 survey i mean for a british talk show but you know whatever surveys are surveys found that one in 25 respondents believed they'd been abducted by aliens. One in 25. Yeah. That's... British talk show. I, I mean, 
That's so much. That's so many. Do you do you believe in aliens? I think it's absurd to think. And I don't like thinking about this very much because I don't like thinking about space very much because Why? it's terrifying. Oh, is it the same reason as the sea? You don't like the space yes. or the sea? <laughs> And yet you would fuck a cloud. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that my decisions make sense, Sam. If it's like in front of me, it's a lot more real, you know? I think it's absurd to think that with the universe as big as it is, and not just like our galaxies, but, you know, we now have scientists believe that there are these expanding galaxies, that there is not a planet somewhere, at least one, that has life form on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I believe. You know, like, I just think that's absurd. Do I think that those planets have the technology to visit each other? Probably not. And it's not it's not just the technology, right? It's the technology and the inclination. Yeah. They're, maybe they're like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Fuck that planet. Like, I quite like the idea of us, you know, having signals that we're sending out just in cases like that's quite nice because then yeah sure if if there is someone else but i i also think that if aliens were to if there was a society that had the technology and the inclination what is their motivation and maybe i'm just like putting (laughs) maybe i'm just putting my like humans ruin everything vibes onto this But I'm going to say their inclination is probably, like, their motivation is probably because they're running out of resources or, you know, like, they would like some slaves or something like that. (laughs) They fucked their own planet. Yeah. And maybe maybe (laughs) that's just me being... (laughs) Maybe that's just me being human. (laughs) Yeah. But I think think it exists. I think it's it's become a, a less and less um, controversial opinion to have. Yeah. I love thinking about, about space, unlike you. I... Nah. Anything that I, like, can't breathe in. Again, space and the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Makes, I mean, it may, they're very reasonable, reasonable <laughs> things to not to want to go in. Like, would you... Like, I just... I wouldn't even... The idea of being an astronaut is just not something that I'm even mildly interested in. It te- it terrifies me, the thought of being in space, but I don't know if I could pass up the opportunity, you know? I can. <laughs> you stay here on a burning earth. <laughs> I will live in ignorance. Thank you. <laughs> Did you have any other facts? No, I guess we're just both kind of into alien porn. Oh, uh, it... I really... I get it. After reading this, I was a bit skeptical, but I get it. And also, like, a lot of people on the internet also convinced me. Like, there's some strong arguments about how, like, it's playful and it could be funny and it means that you're not stuck within the, the confines of Earth culture, which, as we have dissected on this is trash. podcast, is trash. <laughs> so it gets to be, like, expansive and I just, why not? Why limit yourself to a human dick or a human vulva, you know? Yeah. We are, yeah, we definitely seem to enjoy the um, the imaginative ones a bit yeah. more. <laughs> and a stat that I will leave you on, which I think is telling, 
is that women are 33% more likely to search for alien porn than men. And I will let you make of that what you will about what it says about human men. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't hate men on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, no. No, 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 no. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.